The Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 14th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. Florida Republicans proposing yet another sweeping change to state election laws. We get the details now from our Tremel Gomes. The new bill would establish an Office of Election Crimes and Security, a slimmed-down version of Governor Ron DeSantis' elections police proposal. GOP Senator Travis Hudson of Palm Coast says it's meant to safeguard elections. But Mark Early, the supervisor of elections for Leon County, says it also adds further restrictions to voting by mail that could cause more confusion and problems. We're very concerned as supervisors of elections that the requirement for these identification numbers on the vote-by-mail certificates is going to disenfranchise voters, complicate the process, and make it much more difficult for us to get our vote-by-mail ballots tabulated by election night. The bill also would require voters to write identification numbers on mail-in ballots and create a new envelope, which Democrats say raises new barriers. Election supervisors say they were not consulted on the proposed changes, but Early says they're now vigorous trying to provide input. I'm Tremel Gomes. Groups including the League of Women Voters are already waiting on a federal judge to determine whether the last election overhaul discriminates against minorities, older voters, and people with disabilities. Now from Reuters, North America's trade link reopened for traffic Sunday, ending a six-day blockade, a top U.S. official said. Canadian police made several arrests Sunday and cleared protesters and vehicles that occupied the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor, Ontario, following a court order that came in on Friday. Reuters reports the blockade choked the supply chain for Detroit's carmakers, forcing both Ford and Toyota to cut production. Meantime, as the nation shifts towards ending the pandemic phase of COVID-19, another health crisis appears to be worsening. A new bipartisan congressional report says drug overdose deaths surpassed 100,000 nationally in one year. And most involve synthetic opioids like fentanyl. Here in Ohio, fentanyl killed nearly 19,000 people between 2016 and 2021, highest number among states. Linda Sider runs Caracol, a Hamilton County organization that provides what are known as harm reduction supplies to drug users. She says fentanyl can be found in almost every illicit drug now. Not just heroin, even meth and crack, and oftentimes people are unprepared for the fentanyl that whatever they're smoking may be placed with. They are at risk for an overdose. Unlike most other areas, Hamilton County has seen a 34% decrease in opioid-related deaths in the last several months. Mary Sherman reporting. This is PNS. A guaranteed income pilot project called In Her Hands aims to reduce poverty among low-income black women in Atlanta. Lily Bulky reports for Soundbite Source that black women in Georgia are more active in the workforce than white women, but are twice as likely to live in poverty. Hope Wolensack is co-director of the Guaranteed Income Initiative and leads the Georgia Resilience and Opportunity Fund. She says participants receive $850 a month for 24 months, and there are no conditions for how the money can be used. Wolensack thinks it's important that people in the program are trusted to make the best choices for themselves and their families. If $850 a month is compelling enough against labor market wages that people no longer incentivize to work, I think that's more an indictment on the current wages to the cost of living than it is about our program. 
Studies have shown cash aid to low-income mothers improves the cognitive functioning of their newborn babies and helps families afford basic necessities. And while opponents say guaranteed income discourages people from working, research has shown that isn't the case. In a campaign to pressure political candidates to forego contributions from fossil fuel interests is gaining steam in the Lone Star State. Environmental advocates want anyone seeking public office to sign the No Fossil Fuel Money Pledge. It means they'd refuse to accept contributions over $200 from fossil fuel companies. Corey Trajani with the Texas Campaign for the Environment says after last February's winter storm caused the Texas power grid to fail, voters deserve transparency from candidates. They did not work to fix our grid in any meaningful way. And what we found is that a lot of those lawmakers have interests the fossil fuel industry. The grid collapsed due to winter storm Uri knocked out power to millions of homes and businesses for days and contributed to the deaths of more than 200 Texans. I'm Roz Brown. Finally, Eric Tadoff tells us to mark the losses of the past two years from the pandemic. People are posting Valentine's Day cards in Portland. A wall in the city has been dedicated to Valentine's to loved ones people have lost and thanks to folks on the front lines, such as first responders and teachers. Betsy Zucker is a retired nurse practitioner and chair of the healthcare committee for Portland Jobs with Justice. She says in order to act on the pandemic, we have to recognize how much it has affected our lives. This action around Valentine's Day, when we think tenderly about people we love and things that we love to do together, is just a time to bring that forward and let people resonate with it. In Oregon, there have been more than 6,300 deaths from COVID-19 and 672,000 cases. The action is part of a larger movement called End the Pandemic Now, which is urging the U.S. government to do more to increase access to the vaccines globally. This is Mike Clifford, and thank you for starting your week with Public News Service member and listener supported, heard on interesting radio stations, and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.